There we go. Start again. Morning, everyone. Um, So in our series recently, we have been looking at 1 Thessalonians. And this morning, we're going to be um, looking at the very last bit of 1 Thessalonians, which Helen just read for us. um, And we're going to finish off the series as we head into Advent and Christmas. Um, So before I start, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you can speak to us through your word, and we pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would come and speak to our lives today. Come by your Holy Spirit and let us listen to the, to the words that you have to speak to us this morning. Amen. Um, so as I start, I have a question for you. I wonder who influences you the most in your life. Who do you listen to when you need guidance, help or advice? Um, yesterday I spoke to James about this and he said a very good answer in my opinion he said I listen to my wife because she was always right so I thought that was a good answer Um, (laughs) um, but if you think about it seriously who do you turn to for um, advice and guidance and help in your life maybe just turn to the person next to you have a little chat about who you would turn to when you need help and advice Okay, has everybody had a chance to have a think about that? Um, Does anybody want to share who they turn to when they need help and advice and guidance? Zoe's pointing to Daddy. Anybody else want to share who they turn to when they need a bit of help or advice? Joy's pointing to Alan. (laughs) Lots of pointing to Alan. (laughs) (laughs) You turn to me or you turn to your wife? (laughs) Your wife, probably. Uh, Ask some ladies. Ask some ladies. Okay. Ladies, who do you turn to? They're all being shy, Alex. (laughs) Pat. Pat turns to Alan. Okay, good. You turn to each other. Excellent. Anybody else? Emily and Zoe both pointing to Ben now. Yeah, if you want one. Who do you turn to? No, I'll throw your hand up. Okay. Turn you turn to your cat. Yeah. Does, does your cat give good advice? No, and that's the reason why I asked. Because <laughs> he can't answer back. Excellent. Right, thank you. So, um, as we um, think about that, we think about every day we are bombarded with so many voices and opinions, teachers, parents, family, friends, newspaper, social media feeds, adverts, politicians, and those who live and work around us. And whether we like it or not, those voices influence us, and they influence how we act and how we think and how we live our lives. Um, So to carry on with that theme about who we listen to, um, we're now going to have a little quiz. So as you can tell, I'm just going to get you involved at various points. Um, So I'm going to give you a few situations, and there's going to be two options for each situation, and you have to decide who you would turn to in those situations, okay? So, first situation, 
I would like you to imagine that you would like to learn to fly a plane. Would you listen to a trained pilot who had many, many years of experience, or would you listen to a friend who had once read a book about flying a plane? Put your hand up if you think you would trust the pilot. Put your hand up if you think you would trust your friend who once read a book. No, oh, Zoe, okay. <laughs> most of you, most of you would go for the trained pilot, okay. Second question, you have an important decision to make in your life. Who do you ask for advice? A stranger in the bread aisle in Sainsbury's or a friend that you have known for many years? Hand up if you would ask the stranger in the bread aisle at Sainsbury's. Ben, okay. <laughs> <laughs> who would ask their friend that they've known for many years? Most of you. Okay, excellent. Right, we've got two more. So you need to know where something is in an unfamiliar city. Do you ask a local shopkeeper or someone who has just got off the train looking like a tourist? Hand up local shopkeeper. Hand up someone who's just got off the train looking like a tourist. Nally. Okay. <laughs> Any reason for that, Nally? Nally, any reason? No, he's ignoring me. Okay. <laughs> right, last question, last question. You have witnessed a crime and you need to tell someone. Do you phone the police or text your boss? Put your hand up if you would phone the police. Put your hand up if you would text your boss. Put your hand up if you might do both. <laughs> Okay, so those were just some silly examples, um, but it shows us that most of the time we choose to listen to the voices either of those that we know or those that we think we can trust. And in this day and age, um, with our TVs and screens full of fake news and social media feeds showing people's opinions rather than facts, it's difficult to know who we should listen to and who we should let influence our lives. But we know that there is one voice that we can always listen to and we can always trust. God's words are full of truth and part of today's passage is about learning to listen out for those words and to act upon them. So um, in the final verses of Paul's letter that we had read to us today, he crams loads of stuff into a short block of writing. It's almost as if he knows that he's coming to the end of the letter um, but he still has loads of things that he needs to tell the Thessalonians. Maybe he was running out of paper or, or ink, or maybe he was running out of time, but there's loads of stuff shoved into these last verses of his letter. So here we go. Here's a list, a brief list of the things that he tells them. He says, respect your leaders, have peace with each other, warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are downhearted, help the weak, be patient, don't repay evil for evil, always do good, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, always give thanks. And that's just in a short, just a few verses, he crams all those things, all those instructions into what he's trying to say. And that list of things is really good. It's a really great list of things to strive for. But actually, if we look at that list, the majority, the majority of those things could be undertaken by anyone. Things like respecting leaders, doing good, encouraging others, being patient. Anyone can do those things, whether or not they call themselves a Christian. 
But what makes these instructions more than a list of moral values is what Paul writes in verses 19 to 22. He says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. So first of all, do not quench the spirit. What does that mean? The word quench often is used in terms of putting out a fire. If there was a fire in this building right now, we would want to stop it. We would want to put it out. We would want to just make it stop. In other words, the other words that we could use would be stifle or dampen, suppress, subdue or extinguish. Paul is commanding those that he's writing to not to stifle the work of the Spirit, not to hinder what the Spirit is doing in their lives. And remember that this letter was written to the whole church to be read out into the whole congregation, not just to the leaders or to those in positions of authority. Paul wrote it to be read out to everyone. So this instruction not to hinder the spirit is not just for the leaders and those in authority, but it's, the, it's for everyone present who's listening to that letter and also for us as Christians today. So what does it mean to quench the spirit? If, you've, if you're a parent or you've ever been a teacher, as we know, as I know we have a lot of teachers here, um, you may be able to relate to this example. Have you ever spoken to a child who has selective hearing? You ask the child to do something and it seems that they don't hear you. You ask them again and maybe this time they acknowledge that you've said something to them, but they carry on with what they're doing and they don't do what you've asked them to do. Maybe you ask them again and they might intentionally do the opposite. I can see a lot of parents and children smiling at the moment, very knowingly, of, of this experience. So eventually, they might do what you've been asking them to do, maybe. And um, at the risk of a huge general sweeping um, generalization, some people might say that this could apply to husbands as well, but that's maybe slightly sexist. <laughs> um, when I was a child, um, we used to spend a lot of time with my mum's best friend and her children, um, who were roughly the same age as my sister and I. And we used to love playing together, and we were always sad when it was home time. And I remember one time, these friends were around our house, and, and we were upstairs playing in our bedroom, and an adult called up the stairs that it was, it was time to go in five minutes. Um, so we didn't want, want our friends to go, so we pretended that we didn't hear them, and we carried on playing. And a few minutes later, um, the mums came up the stairs and they said, it's home time, we need to pack all the, all the toys away. Um, so they went back downstairs again, thinking that we were uh, tidying away the toys. But unbeknown to them, what we'd done was actually got out more toys and thrown them all over the floor so that we still had to tidy up when it went before our friends could go. So when they came back up the stairs again, there were still toys all over the floor, and we said, well, you said we have to tidy up before they go home. So they can't go home yet because there's still all these toys all over the floor. And in this situation, we didn't listen. They came up, gave us the five-minute warning. We didn't listen. We ignored what we were supposed to do, and then we intentionally did the opposite by throwing toys all over the floor so that we had to tidy them up. And sometimes I think we can be a little bit like children with selective hearing when it comes to listening to the Spirit. 
We might get a sense that maybe God is trying to say something to us. Perhaps it's a thought that comes into our head or, or a feeling or a sensation that we just know something is from God. But we might pretend not to hear it and hope that maybe it will go away. Perhaps we're too afraid to act upon it. Or maybe we're so caught up in the busyness and distractions of life that we just drown out the voice of God. Or maybe as a more dramatic response, as we see in the story of Jonah, um, we might go in completely the opposite direction to where God is calling us to go. And um, I actually have a very real and recent example of this, and I debated with myself whether to um, whether to say it this morning or not, um, but I wanted to share it with you to show that just because I'm up here at the front, it doesn't mean I'm perfect and I definitely don't always get it right. Um, so I, that's the reason I'm going to share this with you. Um, so at Alpha on Wednesday, um, this is spoiler alert for anyone who's going to Alpha this afternoon, so sorry, um, we talked about does God heal today? Um, and before the session, Ben told me that we were going to listen for words of knowledge. And if I had any words of knowledge, I was to write them down um, on a card and he was going to read them out after the talk. Um, so all through the video, I was sat there thinking, I need a word of knowledge. I don't have a word of knowledge. What's going to happen if I don't have a word of knowledge? I don't, I don't know what to do. And I, I, I went into a panic. And I was thinking, I don't have a word of knowledge. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not, God's not speaking to me. I don't know what. And it, it was just complete panic. And my mind was completely blank. Um, and the end of the video came, and I had nothing written on the card. And I had no idea what God was saying or whether he was saying anything at all. Um, and because of this panic in my mind, I didn't hear anything from God. And this distraction was actually stopping me hearing from the Spirit. And so I just ended up with a blank card with no words, all because this distraction in my mind had quenched the work of the Spirit. The panic had kind of quenched what was going on um, with God. So it's not to say that everyone will hear from God every time we ask, but by saying, do not quench the Spirit, Paul is encouraging us to listen to the still, small voice the promptings of God, the verses in Scripture that just somehow keep coming up over and over again as if it was written especially for you. And sometimes we just need to put aside the noise of the world and give time for God to speak. And just as the message that Paul was writing was for the whole church in Thessalonica, the message for us is, the message for, is for us at St Mary's as well. The Spirit of God does not just speak to the leaders and those in, power, in positions of authority, but he can and he does speak to us and through each one of us. Also in this passage, Paul says, not to treat prophecies with contempt, but to test everything. In the Old Testament, prophecies came from prophets, those who were particularly assigned to bring messages from God to the people but we can all be bearers of God's message. It may not be in a particularly dramatic way, like the prophet Isaiah who had to tell people that the Messiah was coming, or, to jo or Jonah who had to travel to a faraway, hostile place to bring God's message. But if we are listening to God and not quenching the Spirit's work, we can all be hearing from him, and we are all able to bring messages to others. Paul is saying that we shouldn't despise, reject or ignore words from God, but to test them out, to compare them to scriptures and to the character of God 
and to share them with others. So in this world of many voices and opinions, whose voice are you going to be listening to? The voices of the world or the voice of the spirit of the living God? I'm going to finish with Paul's words from the end of his letter. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.